Hi, and welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast, co-hosted by Abby Fearing, the Badass Breastfeeder, and Diane Cassidy, IBCLC. Welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. I'm Diane. And I'm with And Abby. I'm Abby. Oh, sorry. Nope, that's okay. That's Abby. <laughs> and we're talking today about, this is episode 18, by the way, and we are going to talk about co-sleeping, which is probably... I'm going to say like maybe even more controversial than breastfeeding. Yeah. I mean, it's like before you get into those things, like, you know, I don't know, like vaccines or something, which oh, we won't God. talk about, but, no, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that's like, I feel like it's like controversial at that level. It's crazy. It's crazy yeah. how controversial it is. And it, and I, and I, and I, and I know that I know it comes from lots of, the same place that all the bad breastfeeding information comes from. It just comes from lots of confusion, like lots of lack of education in the medical community. And I, I do not sit on the fence on this issue. Like I, 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 I hate the fear mongering. I think that it destroys like, you know, uh, one of the basic needs that babies have. Mm-hmm. And I am not, yeah, I am. I, I think that all, I hate the fear mongering and the, and the misinformation. It makes me very angry. You know what? I think that for the people that are very anti-co-sleep, um, and I don't mean like your average Joe walking down the street. I mean like the medical professionals and, you know, things like that that are so, so anti-against it for safety reasons. I think this has come to almost bite them in the ass, really, because yeah. now you've got people that are co-sleeping unsafely and right. not talking about it because they don't want to be judged. Right, 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 right. And, right. and I did that too. I did it too. I did all of this. Oh I, yeah, me too. When I, yeah, I was so scared in the beginning. So here's my story. Should I just launch into my story? <laughs> I have a story. I always have a story. Um, so I had my first child and um, we were, you know, at like the first, you know, you go back to the hospital at like four days or whatever. Yeah. And, um, so we went there and I hadn't like thought really about like really where I was going to sleep very much. I mean, I had like a bassinet next to the bed. We had a crib set up, you know, I was like anti co-sleeping bed sharing because that, you know, I heard all my life that that's like bad and dangerous and all of that. And so he was going to sleep in a bassinet next to the bed and then he was going to go into his crib at whenever. I don't know. I had no idea. I had no like time frame for it because I was a new mom and it was like I'd been punched in the face. (laughs) And so we went to this four day appointment and the doctor was like, never, ever put him in an adult bed. Never. Like, look, you know, like was like warning me about like the mafia or something. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, well, yeah, of course. Like, no, I will never do that. And then we spent like the next six months trying to figure out how we could sleep. I was too afraid to lay down with him at night. So like if I, if I was, but he was nursing through the night. Right. Mm -hmm. And then my husband, I would be like, I'd be like, Josh, you have to stay awake. Stay awake and watch us while I lay down to nurse him so I can get some sleep. And then, you know, I'd make my husband like supervise me so that I wouldn't roll onto him. And then. You know, then I, or I would just like sit up and go to the rocking chair, right? And like, like put him in like the, you know a little like lie like lie him on the boppy at my breast and then fall and then fall asleep, mm-hmm. which is so dangerous. That's worse. It's worse. It's so much worse. And you're getting you're laying on the couch. You're laying in all these like situations where the baby actually can like get into a place where they can't breathe. Mm-hmm. And 
I started, you know, I started like looking, I basically breastfeeding was like going horribly and I started looking on the internet about it and I started finding like information about like everything else, you know? And I was like, wow. Oh yeah. And I, I learned about James McKenna. Yeah. So everybody who's listening, James McKenna is, um, a researcher at Notre Dame and he's in charge of the mother baby sleep laboratory. And all he does with his entire life is research on moms and babies sleep patterns. And he is a total advocate for bed sharing, bed sharing and co-sleeping in any other, in any sense. And he, you can go to his website and it's, it's got books out. I mean, he's just, but yeah, but his website's awesome. Cause you can just go right there and there's like all his articles. He wrote this, groundbreaking article it's called um why human babies do not and should not sleep alone Mm -hmm. and it was it's just fantastic explains like the history of human behavior and like you know babies and you know their their needs to you know be sleeping with um other humans at night and um whatever it's just awesome and there's a whole section that's called safe co-sleeping and you click on it and you can see all the things that can make it unsafe and all the things that make it perfectly safe and one of the things that i thought was really interesting when i was going through a lot of it his recommendations his recommendations are to breastfeed Mm -hmm. and if you if you are not breastfeeding and you put a baby into a bed with some adults it actually can be unsafe because yeah. he found through his research that a breastfeeding mother sleeps a certain way and a breastfeeding baby sleeps a certain way. And if they're not um, breastfeeding, they kind of, they move differently. Mom and baby move differently and it can get into like unsafe situations. But, I, you know, when I said that, I remember saying this on, on Facebook and then it was, it got very heated because then I was it, it was implied that I was suggesting that people who don't breastfeed are bad. And I was like, no. Oh, for God's sake. Okay. I know. We're just talking about co-sleeping and safe co-sleeping. Everyone's talking about dangerouses. I'm telling you how it can be done safely. We're not talking about like being good or bad parents. We're just talking about safe co-sleeping. Right. And there is a lot of research out there to show that, and I know that I've read this somewhere and I watched it. Actually, no, it was a video that I watched somewhere. It was like a news documentary and I can't remember what state it was out of. I want to say it was somewhere in the Midwest. And they even said that every baby that had died that they were researching in a safe sleep incident, every the one common denominator in every single one was that they were all formula fed. Exactly. So exactly. it's not like we're saying, oh my gosh, you're doing something hard. It's just, that's the, that's the research. The, yeah, the link is the formula you're wondering how to Yeah, you're wondering how to safely co-sleep, we're telling you. Right. And and if you're on medication, if you even if you smoke, right? They found, they found that people that smoke uh, have a different like um, like way of 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 waking up or mm-hmm. like an ability to like to be like aroused, uh, aroused, Ar- arisen. How do you say that? <laughs> Woken <laughs> up? I don't know. I don't know about the other. If you know what it is, please email us and right. tell us the correct word. Uh, um. Yeah, and then, you know, fluffy bed pillows and, fluff- and blankets and all of these Animals in the bed. Yeah, spaces in between the, the wall and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah so there's things that, that do make it unsafe. Um, but if we're speaking purely from natural human behavior, sleeping with babies is completely normal. It's done in many other cultures. It's been done, you know, anthropologists will tell you this is a completely normal behavior, human behavior. Mm-hmm. 
And we have, in the West, completely destroyed this practice and started to create so much fear. Remember that ad that came, I think it came out of Milwaukee. It With was the like gravestone? a gravestone? Build- with a tombstone? That well, one? I, I, no, I was thinking about the one where the baby's in the bed with a knife. Oh, God. Really? Did you see that? No. Yeah, there's a baby, a baby in an adult bed, and it's next to a huge butcher knife. <laughs> I remember because my husband saw it and he was like, what would happen if the baby rolled on that knife? Like, <laughs> it, would, like, it would feel a little cold on his leg. Like, <laughs> Did you see the one with the tombstone? No, I, don't, I didn't see that one. What, what was that? I, thought, I was thinking that one came out of Chicago. Maybe it was Milwaukee too. It was a baby in an adult bed and instead of a headboard, it was a tombstone. Oh, God. I mean, how I mean, cruel. Absolutely. It's, it's so horrible. And it's so, so insulting to parents like and this is what was the whole thing in the beginning for me was I was so scared to just go to sleep with my baby lashed onto my boob and you know when I figured out that that was actually a normal thing to do and we were having so much trouble sleeping because we wouldn't just do it you know when I figured that out oh my god everyone just started sleeping you know they're still in my bed they're six and three and and they're still in our bed and you know and that's part of that that's part of it because in our society too, people are like, oh my gosh, separate yourself from your child as quickly as you possibly can. And it really is like, well, if you put them in your bed, you'll never get them out. Like that's another piece well, of it that people exactly. keep saying, they'll never, you'll never get them out. You'll never get your kid out of your bed if you put them in your bed. You'll, it will never happen. It's like, that's... Right. They're going to be on their wedding day. They're going to come with their spouse and they're going to come and sleep in your bed. That's right. a, totally... <laughs> that, happens all the time. that happens all the time. I just don't... I mean... We're worried about what can possibly happen eight years from now when you're really just trying to get through the night. Right. Just get through the night. Everything will be fine. Right. And it, it's, yeah. Oh my gosh. It's, it's, if I said to Jack is six right now, if I said to him, like, look, it's time for you to sleep in your own bed, like, he might, you know, not like it or whatever. I mean, like, I could, if I could work them into their own beds, I just don't feel like it. Right. <laughs> it's like too much work. And you know, it's so funny because that was the same way with me. One of mine, one of my twins used to constantly come in my bed, constantly. Like, and I always tell people, I'm like, I didn't have a problem with sleep when they were babies. It was when they got to be mobile. Like, yeah. then forget it because then they're just getting up and coming in your room whenever they feel like it. And they would constantly, he would up every single night, wherever I happened to be sleeping, that's where if I fell asleep on the couch, I'd wake up in the middle of the night and there he was. Like it just, he would come and find me wherever I was. And my mom used to be like, take him back to bed. I'm like, I am tired. I am too tired to be messing around with taking him back to bed. Like, I don't care. And he's not still in my bed. He's 15. He stopped coming in a lot, like 10 years ago. He stopped. Yeah. It's, I I wasn't worried about it. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's, that's. Yeah. And here's the thing. It was with breastfeeding. You're going to be breastfeeding. It it doesn't even if you're not breastfeeding, you are going to be feeding this baby through the night. Mm -hmm. You know, and do you want to get up and go down the hallway every single every like hour or two to go fetch this baby from like 100 feet away? Like, it's ridiculous. I mean, if you, if you don't, if you don't like, if you don't want a bed share, that's fine. There's all kinds of things you can do. You can put the crib right next to your bed. You can put a bassinet next to your bed. You can put, you know, you can even sidecar the crib to the bed. If you go on YouTube, you can put in like sidecar a crib to sidecar crib. And it shows you a whole way to take the front panel of the crib off and push it up against your bed. And it makes like a big 
their own sleep space and your own sleep space, but they're right there. You could just roll over. You could touch them. Yeah. Put your hand and on that's, them. Yeah. And here's the thing. It's also a safety issue. Like, you know, kids being sleeping, babies are not meant to be sleeping far away from their parents. You know, you're there you, when they're close to you, it regulates their breathing. It regulates their body temperature. It, it, it does all these safety things. And people say, well, it's a SIDS risk. It's not. It's actually a SIDS protection, protected factor. It's scary for them. It's, That's what always goes back into my head. Who wants to be alone? How many of us want to sleep alone? Seriously. Like, I mean, I, nobody I know. Sleeps, so no adults sleep. Well, I mean, if you're single, you sleep alone. But if you're, I mean, I don't sleep alone. I sleep with my husband. Right. And even when I was single, I didn't necessarily want to sleep alone. Right, right. It's always nicer to have, you know, even if it's like it's, a, a pet or an animal, like the nights that Tom gets called in or whatever in the middle of the night, the dogs are with me. I never, yeah. I don't even like to sleep alone. I think it was like Thanksgiving it's night. Not, I went it's to not bed a, by myself and he was downstairs yeah. with his son still and the dogs were down with them. But I woke up and it's cold and it's, you know, like yeah. nobody wants to sleep alone. No, because it, it's not a thing for humans don't do it. It's not a natural behavior for humans to be sleeping alone. Uh, so, yeah, and I mean, I think we have other parts of the world. How long do people sleep? How long do kids sleep with their with their parents or their family members in other parts of the world? Like years. And there's yeah, zero. Yeah. What is it like Japan? I think they have a nobody ever dies in a safe sleep incident. Over right. There. Nobody ever right. dies. In, I, they have those big billboards in Asia. Like it's called a, that's like they have like a saying sleep like a river. And the parents are on the outside of the bed and the kids are in the middle. And it's like the parents are like the banks of the river Aww. and the kids are, yeah. I guess that's so comforting. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh you, what you were saying before reminded me, there's all this, this lady, um, her name is, um, Dr. Jen, Dr. Jen for kids. Yes. Yep. She, I know who she yeah, is. You know her. She's a lactation consultant. Yeah. Yep. And she wrote this really great article about babies and sleep and, and the nighttime. And she, she, she like, she talks about like in, you know, the, the caveman days, which I'm sure there's a scientific term for that. But back when humans were like, you know, just getting started. Yeah. That, that babies, you know, th- that this is all during that time. I mean, people were constantly migrating around sleeping together. There were like tigers you know, that they were like having to protect themselves from. And, and this is where like, uh, human instincts and stuff were developed. And so now you have a baby who, who, who is connected deeply to all of this instinctive behavior. And, the, you know, the baby, we are just like, okay, we have a locked house, you know, and we're, we're comfortable here. There's no tigers around, but your baby <laughs> doesn't know that. Right. Your baby thinks that it's, you know, whatever BC and there's, you know, it needs to be, he or she needs to be by his parents to be safe. Mm-hmm. And this is the, this is the, obviously your, your baby is, it's just your baby's operating on purely instinct because it can't say this to you, but right. they don't know that there's not a tiger right around. Absolutely. You no. Know? And so when you're there, then they feel safe to sleep and you know one of to my, go to sleep one of my amazing colleagues here that I, I do support groups with she is um, she's a, a therapist and everything and, and sometimes she'll just come out and be like they don't want to get eaten by a bear because they'll be like my child right. is fussy they're nah, this and she's like they don't want to get eaten by a bear we just look at her and she's like no like seriously like that's they don't know 
And yeah. it's true. They do not know. It's, it's, this is a very primal, you know, it's a very yes, primal exactly. thing. And your child, your baby, infant, newborn is trying to adapt and they are safe when they're with their parent. Yeah. That's what and they again, know. Yeah. And again, those people who just do not feel comfortable with a baby in their bed, that's fine. You know, you don't have to do it. You can. You can safely sleep with your baby. If you're breastfeeding and you take all of those precautions, you can. But if you don't want to, of course you don't have to. I mean, I, I, when, I, when I first had um, Exley in, and I had been sleeping with Jack and totally, you know, got a bigger bed so that we now we have a queen next to a twin and we're all on that. And I planned this for Exley too, but when he was like two days old, I put him in the bassinet so I could just like, I just wanted some moments without him on me, you know, Mm -hmm. so he would, he was right there next to me. I put him in the bassinet and I just like collapsed on the bed in like a weird position and then just like got a couple hours of sleep and then he woke up and then I brought him into bed with me. Like you can have like these multiple options. It's not, um, and you could do like what feels um, comfortable to you. But having them in the room and having them close by is convenient for you because you don't have to keep getting up and going down the hallway. And it's what your baby is expecting mm-hmm. as far as like a sleep, you know, as far as having you there. And, you know, the AAP, I remember, was it like a year or two ago or something, maybe even longer, that they put out a statement all of a sudden saying, okay, we think your baby should be in your room for a year. Mm-hmm. You know, and in, a, in their own crib, of course, you know, whatever, but that, that your baby should be in close proximity to you for the first mm-hmm. year of their life. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I do have a lot of families that say, I don't know if I can do that. And part of the reason why is because they go back to work at yeah, three see, months yeah. and their baby is, babies are noisy when they sleep too. Like you don't expect yeah. that, but they're... <laughs> right. If they're in the crib next to you or they're in the bassinet, you know, they're snorting and rolling and grunting yeah. and whatever. And if you're, you know, going to work, some mothers are like, I just, I can't. They're keeping me up and every little noise and, you know, I'm more mm-hmm. comfortable with them in their room because I have to get up in the morning. And again, that's just another loss for our society that we throw our mothers back to work so soon. And exactly, they can't have this kind of nurturing time, which sucks, but... The AAP even recognizes, like, okay, babies should be close to you. They should be. Yeah, they should. And 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 honestly, the research done of 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 um, families that co-sleep and families that don't, it feels like you're not getting a lot of sleep. But the research shows that like co-sleeping families, I think I think uh, you know, uh, bed sharing co-sleeping moms get like 45 minutes more sleep a night than non. Yeah. Because again, you're not going down the hallway to get your baby. Right. And yeah, but I, I, you're right. The whole, uh, our lives have been shaped and babies' lives have been shaped around the 40 hour work week. Exactly. And that's, it has changed breastfeeding and has changed sleeping and has changed lots of natural human behaviors into these things that we have to do to get through the, to get through the day, to get to work after six weeks. Yeah. It's very sad. It is. For everyone. And it's stressful. It's so stressful oh for God. everyone. Cause then people are, and then people are resorting to cry it out. And all these things that just, you know, if you, you don't, don't do cry it out. Like, <laughs> just don't. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Just, just don't. Just the name yeah. of it sounds terrible. I know. And, and, you know, you know, people think, and the, here's the other thing is people think, well, 
this is the obsession. We have this obsession with like independence in our culture. And this is the thing with like breastfeeding. Don't breastfeed too long because your baby's not going to learn, you know, learn this, you know, how to balance a checkbook when they're two. And, you know, if you if you co-sleep too long, your baby's not going to, you know, your child's not going to, you know, we think that there's going to have all of these like long-term effects that are going to affect their ability to be independent people. Right. But really, it's the opposite. I mean, from from like a, a you know, from a social work standpoint, this fostering this dependence now actually leads to more, you know, m- mental health and emotional health and independence later in life. You know, was, with my with my twins, they slept in the same crib from the day they were born. I kept them together the whole mm-hmm. time until my son, when they were about a year. Um, and my twins are boy girl and they, my son got to be a little bit bigger than my daughter and ended up like rolling over on her or something like that. And I heard her crying and I went in there and she's oh. like, ah, like trapped underneath oh, them, you no. know, but they were like a year. They were fine. Yeah. But they ended up staying together for like, then I separated them at that point, but then they still wanted to be together. And then I put them in toddler beds. They still want to be together. And I just threw a mattress on the floor and they slept together there. They slept together in the same bed till probably... I don't know, 10, 12. Adolescence. Yeah. Right? And well, that's kind of hits that stage. And it freaked my husband out because when we first started dating, they were five. And he was just like, oh, my God, what are they doing? And I'm like, they're <laughs> twins. They're fine. You know, but this is coming from a man who also worked child sex abuse cases for a long yeah, time. So he was a little freaked out. But I was like, they're fine. They're twins. They're fine. They're but five. They were five. Right. It's like, it's not a big deal. And I would, you know, every once in a while try to split them up and they just, they did not want to be split up. But I remember like, and for me, that was my instinct to just put them together when they were, because they're, they've been together their whole lives. Yeah, Why, twins they, were, yeah, they twins. were together in the womb. Why am I going to separate them and put them in two separate cribs? Right. They did so much better together. And then I had people telling me after the fact, you know, when they were older and I got into this field, oh, they shouldn't have slept together. That's a safety issue. It's blah, blah, blah. What? They've never been separated from each other, ever. They were in the womb together. Why would I separate them? Yeah. It didn't make sense I don't sense understand how two babies are a danger to each other. They're babies. Right. It's not like one's a, like a Labrador and the other's... <laughs> I mean, they're both tiny babies. Like, what are they going to do to each other? I don't know. And then, I mean, it was just... I don't know. It was crazy. And I remember even, like, this is totally off the subject, but when they went to kindergarten, I really kind of advocated for them to stay together. I mean, it was kindergarten. It was their first year of all-day school. I wanted them to be together. And I had to actually call the district and request for them to stay together because we wanted to separate them. And, I mean, they're boy-girl twins. Nobody even knew they were siblings most of the time. You know, like, nobody paid attention to that. And I remember my sister was like, what is Jessica going to do his homework for him? Like, it's kindergarten. Who really cares? (laughs) You know, like... (laughs) Well, that's the the thing, too, is, like, it just goes back to this obsession with independence. Right. It's like, oh, they have to be separated so they can learn to be independent. But why? But why? They're helping each other. They're an emotional support to each each other. They Like, why would you take that away from them? Why would you take this thing that's good for them away from them? Because... I feel like if everyone just stop, stop the madness and think for a second, it doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. It really. And honestly, that saved my life. The fact that they were so content together. Yeah. That saved saved me. 
and it saved them. And it like, they were great sleepers. They were great, you know, like, because they were together all the time, they were together and that's what brought them comfort. Right. I mean, why would I separate that? And now they're teenagers, right? And now they're teenagers. Yeah. And they're totally, they're totally dysfunctional, like can't be without each other. Right. It's it's really I'm sarcastic. Funny. Oh my like, god, no! But you know what? It's like, and this is like, we should have a, a show sometime on um, multiples because I'm sure. Oh, good. I'm sure There's... we have some mamas here that are multiples, but totally. um, it's funny because they are like they bicker like their husband and wife. Like oh. I swear, it's it's hilarious. And it used to be like when they were a little bit younger, like I could hear them from the other room, and they would be bickering, 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 and then Brandon would be like. Jesse coming to bed. Yeah, I'll be up in a minute. You know, like, <laughs> they totally like, and even my mom would be like, they totally sound like an old married couple. They just like bicker and they still do. They pick and they bicker and they argue and they, you know, but God forbid somebody bother the other, you know, oh, like yeah. if she will get upset, if somebody's bothering him, he will get upset if she's upset because somebody's bothering her, you know, like it's just, yeah. One of his friends last year liked her and she didn't like him and it was this whole thing and he was bothering her and Brandon was upset that his, at his friend for bothering. And it was like, this is the stuff you don't expect, that they were yeah. so tormented for each other emotionally. But you put them together in the same room and they want to slow choke each other half the time. But right. It's well, like, that's such a special thing. It's, and I tell, I'm like, you guys are so lucky you have each other. But they... Um, from the from the very start, like I can't imagine having separated them at birth, and people all the time will just be like, "Oh no, I put my twins separate." And I'm like, they've never been separate. They've never Hi. been separate. I have pictures of them as babies with like Brandon's lips up against the tip of her nose, sleeping Aww. as peacefully as anything. <laughs> and it's like, why would you separate that? I don't understand. Yeah, like it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. A lot of this stuff doesn't make sense. This like having to put a baby down the hallway, you know, having to stop breastfeeding at six months because they're going to end up with some psychological disorder, like separating people. It doesn't make any sense if you just sit and ponder it for a second. I don't like human nature, people. That's really what it comes down yeah. to. Human beings are social creatures. We are meant to be with each other. And, and, and there, and really I don't, I can't, the whole, the whole, the whole concept of independence just makes me so we're not tigers, you know, we are human beings. We're social. We are interdependent. We are, there is no such thing, really, as true, this independence. What is this? Mm-mm. What does that mean? What, that you can have a job and be successful? Well, I mean, of course you can. And right. you can, uh, you know, your kids are going to grow up, you know, better for it that you kept them close. And that Early is something on. that we are going to cover more in the next episode because we're going to talk about spoiling babies. Yeah, yeah. So that goes hand in hand. Totally. But what we don't want is for people to co-sleep in an unsafe way. Like Abby was saying at the very beginning, if you think, oh my gosh, I don't want to, you know, because breastfeeding makes you so relaxed and sleepy. If you're afraid and you're like, I don't want to fall asleep in the bed with the baby. So let me go up and get on the couch or get in the, in the you know, the rocker or the love seat or the recliner and fall asleep with your baby there where they can get wedged in. And that is unsafe. And that's what we do not want. We don't want people deviating to a different spot that is truly unsafe. Yeah. Can we, can we do this? Can we put the, um, so here's James McKenna's website here. It's co-sleeping.nd.edu. 
It's the uh, Mother Baby Behavioral Sleep Laboratory. And he's got this whole thing right here. And it says, Safe Co-Sleeping Guidelines is one of the um, links on his front page. And it goes through all of the things that you can do to create a safe sleep space for you and your baby. And maybe we can put that link in the... I don't know, somewhere. Oh, yeah. I'll have In the podcast or whatever when yeah. it's posted somewhere. Or just go, you know, you can just, if you if you go to Google and you just put in James McKenna, it's like the first, it's the first thing that comes up and you can read about that. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're proponents of, of, of co-sleeping, but of course, when done safely, because there are ways that you can do it unsafe. And I think the biggest way that you can do it unsafely is by trying to avoid laying down <laughs> with your baby because it's so you probably have doctors who have said don't do that you know mm-hmm. don't do that don't do this and so it becomes this thing like I remember my mom my mom was like yeah you slept in between us me and your you slept in between me and your dad um uh you know for like however long and I was like oh my god mom <laughs> way to like make me so unsafe and like I gave her all this like heat for a long time, and then I was like, "Oh, sorry, thanks." Yeah, sorry for trying to nurture me. I know. It's- yeah, right. Uh, okay, yeah, because they weren't like there wasn't all of this fear mongering, you know. Then it was like she was just like, "Oh, well, I mean, I'm just gonna lay down with my baby." Like, well, that just seems normal. Right. I don't know, man. So, it's yeah. it's just. And it's, it's such a natural, you know, like I, and I've said it a zillion times, I have, I knew nothing when I had my kids and by the grace of God, they all took a nap at the same time when they were babies. Like, I don't know how I managed to make that happen, but like, you know, my two-year-old would take a nap in the afternoon and my daughter would fall asleep and Brandon would always need to be fed on a more like rigorous routine because I couldn't just let him go. He would be up a half the night. So I remember taking him and laying on the couch with him every single afternoon for like six months. And, but it was just such a natural thing for me to take him and lay on the couch and nurse him. And then of course, now I look back and I'm like, I don't know how we both survived that, but it was so like, that was what my natural instinct was to do. It never occurred to me that that might not be safe ever in a million years that that might not be a safe thing to do. It just was like, I'm tired. Let me get through this. And, you know, it would have been better if I would just, you know, took him to a flat service or whatever, but it was such an instinctive thing for me to do. And I didn't think about it any other way. Just like your mom was probably like, okay, I just took her and put her in the bed. And, you know, that was what my instinct told me to do. It's just, it's a very, well, and that's the other, yeah, that's, that's the big thing is we, we have been, we've had this like inst this, the things that are, that are instinct for us that we feel are normal. It, we've just been told over and over again that it's not, yeah, not normal it's not and normal. to ignore it, to ignore it, mm-hmm. ignore your, you know, ignore those, those, those feelings and those instincts that you, you know, ignore them. And so then you get to this place where you don't really even know what to do, right? you know, and then you're doing, Yeah. So even if you are to a point where, because I know we do have some listeners that are not necessarily um, breastfeeding anymore. Um, maybe they're, you know, their child is weaned or whatever, but, you know, of course they're, we're fantastic and who doesn't want to listen to us anyway. But the, <laughs> this is really cool, just human nature stuff. So if you're interested in this kind of thing and like the human nature and the sociology of it all, definitely check out James McKenna because he is 
has some really cool yeah. research that other people aren't doing. Right. Yeah. It's really neat. And, and, and this was, I feel like this is such a huge topic that really does um, bring up a lot of emotions for people. Mm-hmm. So if you have questions or comments, please let us know. We can read those. Like we could do another episode about co-sleeping and we can answer questions and read comments and respond and all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we'll talk it through. Um, and by no means, like if you're somebody who's just not comfortable with that, that's fine too. Like totally. our message here is we want everybody to be safe, but we also don't want you to feel like you need to be in the closet with it either. No, exactly. And I, yeah. And I just want, I just want to call out the people who, who don't, who are, who are ignoring, you know, the, the basic human nature and the research that says that this is, you know, that this is good for baby. Like, I'm not calling out parents. I just want to call out the people who are, who are, who are making up misinformation. Yeah, exactly. But that's about it. So, (laughs) (laughs) so we've, so co-sleeping, Again, very controversial. Please reach out to us about it, too, because we would, you know, we'll definitely talk more about it um, if anybody else wants us to talk more about it. And stay tuned for next week when we talk about spoiling babies, which is one of my all-time favorites. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we will catch you all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.